Hello and welcome back to the Vol Report Show. I'm Ryan Sylvia with VolReport.com on the Rivals Network. And we have a very special guest with us today. Of course, it is Alan Cole of the Gamecock Scoop, South Carolina's rival site. And he's going to help us know everything there is to know about South Carolina heading into this big game this weekend. So let's start with kind of the budding rivalry between yeah. these two teams, not necessarily traditional SEC going back to 1905 foes type of deal that, that they've hated each other for a century. Uh, or But recently they, they've been at each other's necks, and that kind of goes throughout all sports. Of course, football the last two years have been interesting, but you look at women's basketball, that, that's always interesting. You look at baseball, they're starting to go out a little bit. So from your perspective over in Columbia, kind of, what has this budding rivalry looked like from the South Carolina perspective? Yeah, I think obviously in every sport across the board, Clemson's always going to be rival one for South Carolina. I mean, they could be playing marbles in the street. It would still be Clemson. Um, but you kind of look at second rivals in different sports. And I think it kind of depends on what sports you have and kind of where the different programs are. I think for a while in football, it might've been Georgia. And for a while in baseball, it might've been Florida as those two programs are very good. But yeah, I think Tennessee right now, just kind of as an overall across the board. Um, I think there's real animosity here. Um, I definitely know there's animosity on the Tennessee side after the way that game went last year. South mm-hmm. Carolina's lost more than their fair sh- share of trips to Neyland Stadium. I think they've won three times there and out of 20. Um, there's actual dislike here, and it's fun to see rivalries pop up like that. Yeah, it's coming at a kind of a, a strange time, too, with the absence of divisions coming up. It's not going to be not playing game. next year, which I don't like. So yeah, so th- this is going to be for kind of bragging rights for, for two years now uh, this time around. So it'll be interesting to see kind of rivalries like this that aren't those Tennessee-Alabama third Saturday of October right. type of games that you're going to at least try to get every year. We'll see if they're, they're able to rearrange the schedule to get that one fit in. But it'll be interesting to see if – these type of games start to simmer down a little bit in aminosity just because you're not playing each other every year. Or, or if maybe it'll make that time when you finally do see them a little bit more exciting. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But it's been kind of one of those new age ones that, that's been interesting to see form. A lot of close games, too, not the last two yeah. years. But before that, I feel like every game between these teams was one possession for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I know that the game in 2019, uh, Pruitt's second year, that was kind of a big turning point for Tennessee and a big win for them, too, to, to kind of – get over that hump a little bit against South Carolina. They, they started to struggle with a little bit right there. So it, it's been interesting. It started to heat up. And, and I think uh, we'll, we'll get into more of what the our predictions are later, but I think it'll be one that maybe doesn't necessarily look like 2021 or 2022 in terms of a, a lopsided score. But I'm curious to hear two and two start for South Carolina. Two losses to good teams, though, obviously, in Georgia and UNC's two ranked programs. Where's the fan base at in terms of the season? Are they still optimistic? Are they a little bit down that they that they're at the two and two mark? And kind of what's their confidence level heading into this weekend? I think the realistic fan. We always caveat this with the realistic fans. There's always going to be extremes on both ends. I think the realistic fans okay right now. Um, there's been frustration certainly. There's and I think there's kind of an understanding though that there's and we'll get into it. So I'm sure what you're going to ask me, but. There are some things about this team that probably just aren't going to get completely fixed, just some mm-hmm. deficiencies in the roster. But you take where they are, you take some of the injuries they've had. I mean, they're starting a true freshman at left tackle, a true freshman at safety, a true freshman at right guard has played two-thirds of the snaps last week. 
their best wide receiver from last year, the leader, the leading receiver returning to the whole SEC has played hardly any snaps. He's been hurt. He sounds like he's going to be out again Saturday. Given everything where it is injury-wise and what you had on that schedule, I think most people could live with two and two. And I think the biggest thing is the way your quarterback's playing right now and how good Spencer Rattler looks. I think there's definitely belief that they can yeah. at least compete with or beat pretty much anyone left on the schedule. Would you say this is one of those games where – if they're able to win, you kind of use that as a launching pad. But if yes. you lose, it starts to kind of – you get a little sketchy about where the rest of the schedule lies. I don't know if I would say sketchy. I think you're, I think two things help kind of avoid that. It's one, they get a buy after this game, which you know Tennessee does too. So they're going to get to reset a little bit. And five of their last seven are at home. Okay. And they, they still got Vanderbilt. They still have the game against Jacksonville State. Um, they get Clemson at home this year. They get Kentucky at home this year. Um I think there's still optimism lying in bad and just the, the tricky part of the schedule is over one way or another after Saturday, at least on paper. Okay, makes sense. Uh, an area of change for South Carolina comes in coaching. Offensive coordinator making the move from Marcus Satterfield to Dow, to Dow Loggins. What does that change look like? Does this offense look completely different? Is, is it mostly the same kind of – what does that transition look like? It's still very much trying to find its identity through four games. I think this looks a lot – it looks a lot more streamlined. I think some, a lot of the stuff we heard last year about Marcus Satterfield and that we've heard out of Nebraska too, quite frankly, where he is now is that his playbook's big. There's a lot of personnel packages. There's a lot of groupings. And the Dowell Loggins offense is kind of a little bit more streamlined to what they do well. And right now that's Spencer Rattler. That's Xavier Leggett. Um, I think so far – someone asked me to grade Dowell Loggins so far. I think I gave him a B-plus or an A-minus. Like I think the play calling has been good. They've – to me, one of the marks of a play caller is what you do early in the game, like how you're scripting. And they've scored a touchdown on one of their first two drives in all four games this year. So they're they're getting it, they're getting it well during the week. They're getting game plans in, even though it hasn't been perfect. They're scoring points pretty well. Yeah, that, that's. Uh, I know there's a lot of criticism for Marcus Satterfield, uh, <laughs> especially going into that Tennessee game. That might have helped him get his next job a little bit uh, because sure. things were trending very down. Yes. Uh, I, I remember heading into. Uh, that game in Columbia and, and that kind of definitely putting up 63. It doesn't matter who you put it up against that. That's definitely uh, impressive, but uh, still, still something that obviously South Carolina needed to address after the season and, and got out and, and got their guy helm of the offense though, Spencer Rattler, he's looked really impressive so far this year. And there was a lot of questions on what Spencer Rattler are we going to get? Are we going to get the inconsistent one or are we going to get the one that beat Tennessee and beat Clemson and looked really sharp at the end of last year? So far through four games, leaning towards uh, that that second half player from last year, what have you seen from Spencer Rattler so far? I think the biggest thing I see for Spencer Rattler, Rattler differently is the decision making's better. He's only he's got two interceptions, but they were both fourth quarter inside five minutes at Georgia when you're pretty much in obvious passing downs against eight man secondaries. Um, the accuracy is where it is. And he was 18 for 20 last week. He was 25 for 27 against Furman, which FCS, but still two incompletions. And even against UNC, where he got sacked nine times in that game, 30 for 39 passing. Um, he's putting the ball wherever he wants it right now when he's getting enough time to throw, which is going to be the big question every week for the team, given where their offensive line is. But when he's got pockets, he's dropping dimes pretty much everywhere right now. It's as well as you can realistically hope for your quarterback to play, I think. Yeah, you, you touched on that UNC game where the offensive line, you, you almost started to feel bad for Spencer Rattler by the end, just like, God, g give him more than half a second. Is that the biggest issue on this offense? Is that the biggest concern yes. maybe throughout the whole team, just that offensive line? Yeah, it's – and they are 
they're tough in a couple spots. Their left tackle, Jalen Nichols, who's a senior, he got hurt in the spring game. He's not back yet. Their right tackle, Casey Henry, got hurt literally the first snap of that UNC game. So they're down two tackles right now. Um, interior of the lines look pretty good. But they're, they're, like I said, they're playing a true freshman at left tackle right now, just trying to mitigate damage, just trying to um, just go with the talent, go with, you know, the star ratings, whatever you want. And they, he's looked okay so far, but he's also a true freshman left tackle in the SEC, and you're going to take some lumps there. It's that in the running game, which looked a little bit better last week for sure, but this still – it's, it's nothing like the running game you see in Tennessee, obviously. Yeah. Uh, do you think that, I mean, maybe not to the extent of 63 points, but do you see South Carolina's offense kind of repeating success? Not only do you think, two, kind of a two-part question. One, do you think they're going to go back to some of the similar schemes and, and try to repeat what they did last year? Or do you think it's going to be a, a little bit of a different approach now that Tennessee kind of, has that film and then two do you think they're going to be able to to see enough success on offense to keep them in the game uh i'll start with your first one there i don't know how much scheme concept wise you take from that game last year just with a different offensive coordinator and obviously different personnel for tennessee too i do think the general principle of that game which was throw it out and just let rattler ball is going to be what you see in this game um I think South Carolina knows they're probably not going to be able to run the ball efficiently most of the time, even though it was a little bit better last week. Um, Spencer Rattler is still your best player and probably the best player in the stadium on Saturday. I don't think that's too hot of a take. Um, Xavier Leggett's already got 270-yard receiving games in four weeks. I think that's the bread and butter right now, and that's what they're going to go to. And as for your second, for where, if I think he'll be, he'll be able to stay in the game, Yes, but I also think there's a little bit of a wary element of getting into a shootout with the Josh Heupel offense that I think this could become just the way the secondary struggled last week. Um, and I don't know if South Carolina is going to be able to win a true – this is a true shootout, a 45-42, 49-45 kind of game. I don't know if South Carolina ends up on the right side of that. Yeah, makes sense. Let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the run defense statistically has not been good. Obviously, Tennessee's run offense has been really good. How do you see that kind of battle shaping out? Yeah, it's interesting with the run defense. Um, it has not been good throughout the year. It hasn't been good throughout the Shane Beamer era, to be completely honest. But you saw some signs of life last week. They held Jaquavius Marks under wraps pretty much all day from Mississippi State. Now, the flip side of that is Bill Rogers threw for almost 500 yards. Mississippi State mm -hmm. didn't have to run the ball. But – I think South Carolina is better on the interior right now than they were last year. Um, Alex Huntley just won SEC D lineman of the week. He's one of their defensive tackles. TJ Sanders, another one who's playing well. It's that outside zone stuff, that quarterback keeper stuff. I know Milton took one last week to the end zone. That kind of thing, I think, is where South Carolina is going to struggle, just kind of outside the outside the hashes, that kind of running concept. And I don't know how much of an answer South Carolina is going to be able to have for that. And I'm just looking at last year. Um, I'm thinking of that Florida game where ETN and Richardson pretty much just gashed them on outside zone reads for 60 minutes. I'm wondering if that might be what this looks like from Tennessee's perspective. Okay. Uh, looking at now the past defense after the game last week, Shane Beamer joked that Josh Heupel is probably watching this game and, and loving what he's seeing and thinking about all the ways to exploit it. Someone, someone asked Heupel about that uh, <laughs> for transfer. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. So, Monday morning, uh, someone asked Typhoon about it, and he was like, ah, you know, I didn't get home until that game was about to wrap up. But it's a really good team and, and all of that. But a funny comment from, from Shane Beamer, 
how do you see that aspect playing out and kind of the secondary and, and maybe just kind of getting to the quarterback with just a few guys instead of bringing blitzes? How do you think the pass game is going to wind up? I think if you're South Carolina, and I've written a little bit about this, your secondary is talented. Um, Nikki Minwari was, uh, I believe, the second team all SEC last year as a true freshman. You've got another true freshman in Jalen Kilgore there, but it's young. You've got three underclassmen there, one of them a true freshman, like I said. Um, another one of the corners who's played a little bit as a true freshman, Judge Collier. It's talented. It's just really young, and communication has been a problem. There's been free runners. There's been times they're uh, – I'm thinking of one play last week where they bolt, where everybody bit hard in a play fake when they were in zone, and Tulu Griffin goes over the top and scores, and I think like a 70-yarder. I think, obviously, when you're playing Joe Milton, the deep ball is always going to be part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think – I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last week. I don't think Milton's throwing for almost five pills in this game. Yeah. But <laughs> – I do think there is a concern over the top for South Carolina and communication as much as anything else and just getting where you need to go is going to be a big thing here. So the communication is one thing I do want to touch on, but on the other side of the ball for South Carolina on offense, they've played only one true road game so far. It was in Georgia though. So that's a a solid environment. How did South Carolina do communicating on the road? I know Tennessee had issues with that at Florida, and they've had some issues with that under Josh Heupel. So how did South Carolina Spencer Rattler look this year, and then how have they looked under Spen- or not uh, Shane Beamer? Uh, I mean, they struggled with that at Georgia. Uh, that was the first game for the true freshman left tackle, Tosin Babalade. He had a couple of – I think they had seven offensive line penalties in that game. Not all false starts, but I think it was three false starts in a delay game. That was a tough environment. There's no way around it when you're playing this many young guys in your offensive line. You're going to struggle communicating in loud environments. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say they cracked per se. I think they just got worn down by a more talented team. But mm-hmm. it is going to be tough. And I would not all be surprised if you see a couple more false starts in pre-step. Excuse from South Carolina Saturday night. Yeah, it's definitely a another kind of coach speak thing, but something that Josh Heupel was talking about earlier today too. Uh, kind of calling out the fans, hoping that. <laughs> They're going to be able to make an impact. He's been on the wrong side of it, like I mentioned, at Florida. So I'm sure he's – It's real. It just is. It is part of it in the sport. It, 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 and it's a super interesting part of the sport, too, that you can kind of throw off an offense. And, and those were the self-inflicted wounds is kind of the quote that Josh Heupel's used yeah. a lot, uh, talking about those false starts. And, and when you start a drive first and 15 and then you hold and then you have first and 20 or first and 25, I mean, that's tough to, to get a drive going. So – It'll be interesting to see, uh, should be a sell or is a sellout, should be a completely packed stadium uh, in Neyland. And a blackout, as we told them before we started recording, right? Yes, that that should be announced by the time that this comes out. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of how geared up this fan base is and how excited they are to play this game and what impact they can make. But final question for you. You can give me a score prediction if you want, but I know I I usually wait a little bit to, to... iron out my score predictions but in general how do you see this game going who do you see on top and just what are your overall thoughts on what we'll see on saturday yeah first of all i'm really excited uh, this is going to be my i've been in knoxville i've covered basketball there i've been some other stuff this is going to be my first football game at neyland stadium i'm really looking forward to just seeing the environment the atmosphere a game i think both fan bases are pretty charged up for I think South Carolina can st- will stay in this game for four quarters. I think, like I said earlier, as long as you have the better quarterback on the field, I think you can expect to stay in the game. I don't – first of all, I think the way Tennessee plays on offense, the speed, the, the 
um, the pace. I think that's going to be an issue for South Carolina, both with getting guys subbed in and out, with the communication stuff we just talked about with so many young players on defense. There's there's going to be several players in South Carolina's defense that have never played an offense as fast in their life. Um, I think Tennessee just has a little bit too much. They're going to be able to run the ball well. Um probably at least once in this game. I think they'll include a deep shot for a touchdown as happened last week. I was, I don't have numbers. Again, we're recording on Monday afternoon. I was thinking 31, 24, Tennessee, maybe like 28, 24. I don't know. I think Tennessee by about a possession, maybe South Carolina gets like one last gasp at it late and mm-hmm. can't quite get down the field, but I'm expecting a four quarter game and that's kind of where I see it. But I do think Tennessee will win the game. And, and that'll uh, for all the the betting men and women out there that would be a cover after that kind of surprising line came 11? out. Eleven is that where it opened? Eleven opened. I've seen it as high as like twelve and a half, with which wow. even Tennessee fans saw that and were like, "Wait a second! Like, <laughs> where where did that come from?" So it, yeah, that that'll be interesting. Vegas thinks it, it'll be more more of a blowout, but I I think that's a reasonable guess somewhere where. You're not going to be able to leave the stadium at halftime thinking you have a win or anything like that. It's going to come down to, to that final quarter, but I'll, I'll agree. We'll, we'll do score predictions over at VolReport.com too on Friday, but so, somewhere around a 7-10 to 10 point game yeah. at the most. And, and uh, maybe, I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but you win it, you, you feel good, and but, but Tennessee on top. But Alan, thank you so much for yes, joining sir. us. Where can the people find you over on Twitter and where can they read your work? Yep. Um, I believe it's on the screen, but it's Alan with two underscores because someone took the one underscore when I was making my Twitter. Alan with two underscores, Cole. Um, and then GameCutScoop.com. I cover what we talked about earlier, football, women's basketball, men's basketball, baseball, South Carolina, pretty much everything you want to see there. We'll have plenty of content from the South Carolina side. Um, previewing this game before I get to Knoxville this weekend. Yeah, it's awesome. If, if you want to be the kind of the smartest person at the tailgate this Saturday and, and know everything there is to know about the Gamecocks, that are coming to Knoxville, make sure you head over to Gamecock Scoop to get all that information. Well, Alan, I'm excited to see you on Saturday. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, Make sure, everyone, that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Head over to VolReport.com as well for all of our content. And thank you for watching.